you're tuned in to the Neo Academy podcast. My name's Mark, and welcome to another episode of Neo Chats, deep dive conversations into the culture of education. Cool. All good. And that's us live, Rahin. I'm just checking. The beginning of every video that we do is always me checking if we're live and then finding out that we've been live for about a minute. So apologies to everyone watching to always have to go through that. <laughs> Welcome, Raheem Fatima. Uh, lovely to see you again. How are you doing? I'm doing all well. And I have been there because I used to be the biggest live stream person. I don't do that anymore because I have had some issues in the past. Um, but I know how it feels. Legit, you've got to check. And then you also have to share out if you want to share out to other places. So it is, it takes an effort. Yeah, it does. It does. All, it, you know, there's lots of moving parts and things like that. I think a lot of people learn to deal with the live stream thing during the pandemic. No, it was, um, seemed to be everyone learning very quickly about green screens and, you know, stream keys and things like that. But you were, were you streaming before the pandemic when you were doing your interviews? No, um, I started doing recorded interviews in January. Um, that was January of 2020. So like it was, it was, let's just say it was like relatively, um, new to, yeah, I was doing it in 2020. I just check it in my mind, 2020. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. and then I actually started live streaming from StreamYard. Um, in, well, it was about April, April, May, somewhere around that. So we were pretty tops on on the pandemic and my school was shut down. So that was literally when I was like, oh, now I can do whatever I want because that's when you have the most time on your hands. Well, this is leading perfectly to what I want to ask you because every time I kind of check in on, and see what you're up to, um, it seems like the list grows. And so uh -huh. every time, you know, I'm aware that I've, you know, I've put the, the introduction here and I've listed um, the things that I think you're doing but I'm, I know there's going to be at least one or two more that I don't know about. So let's try and put this in a, in a nutshell for the people who don't know you. Um, if you haven't come across you before, um, can you just give us just a, a little bit of your background? So, you know, where you're from, how old you are, and then drum roll, the list of things that you're actually doing right now. Oh, don't say that. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, my name is Rahim Fatima. I am 14. I, well, I move around the country, but let's just say I'm from Pakistan. And so I'm a stand-up comedian. Oh, sorry. Forgot the rumble. Da, 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 da. Okay. Now. <laughs> uh, I am a stand-up comedian, a writer, and aspiring entrepreneur, a teacher, an interviewer, a peace and a children's rights activist, and very recently, like literally the past weekend, I am also a TEDx speaker. And the goal of my life is to involve everybody around me, Kelis, their race, their religion, their caste, or their creed. Da, da, da. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Well, okay. So where do we start with that? Because um, this, this podcast is generally around, you know, it's around education, but it's around the future of education. It's mm -hmm. also around, you know, we focus a lot on what education might need to do to 
to help people like yourself, you know, future generations who are coming later into the workforce to kind of be ready for this crazy world that's in front of us, you know. And so that's the kind of general idea. But I know that you, for example, are involved in as an ambassador, no, for the sustainable development goals. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So what 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 does that work involve? Because this is a quite a big topic in education, right? Around education for sustainable development. So what do you do around this? Okay. So basically, I came across the sustainable development goals. It was mesmerizing. It was one mesmerizing day because I I had heard of the SDG. SDG. What were they? I just found out. And this is back in 2019 that I did. And so because I had already started networking and I already was doing quite some work. So I did have connections that were working on the sustainable development goals. And one of them, uh, Sir Amar Jaffrey, just had to be the founder of the, uh, the Sustainable Development Goals Academy, the SDG Academy of Pakistan. So I went to meet him in his office and well he talked to me and he because see I think I have a lot of research to do I do not remember most of the things like the statistics but I understand why it is important Mm -hmm. and to him that was important and he saw the light in me and it was New Year's Eve so it was literally 30 uh, minutes before um, uh, midnight that he was like you're going to be our SDG youth ambassador to spread out the word amongst young people. And so I was. And then I just started talking more about different SDGs, doing webinars, sessions, people that are focusing on the SDGs. I even um, interviewed somebody that helped the UN uh, really structure the SDGs, which mm-hmm. is amazing, really. Um, and my job is to do that amongst the youth. So I do have SDGs for youth in different platforms, uh, even groups, group chats that I uh, admin. So I can just see what is going on and what information about this, about sustainability and these goals is getting to these young children. Because it's very, it's very complex, isn't it? I mean, I understand what you're saying about... Um... It's really just about internalizing the, the message of the SDGs, isn't it? It's not, you know, there are people behind the scenes um, working on metrics and how to measure progress towards them. But even just trying to understand what they hope to achieve is actually, you know, difficult enough, I would think, because they're so interconnected. It's difficult to say this action is to meet SDG 4 or 11 or whatever, because they, they tend to hit a number on, on, on different levels. So in terms of um, what would you say, if you could, I mean, the, the work that you're doing, for example, uh, in your speaking, um, in your work around the SDGs, I mean, which goals do you find yourself drawn most towards? I mean, is there any particular areas you find yourself focusing on more than others? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the goals that are on environment, mm-hmm. about climate change. Reduce inequalities because that is a very big focus for me. And honestly, um, quality education. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, the goal that holds it all together, the glue to all of it is goal 17, right? Partnerships mm-hmm. and collaborations right. mm-hmm. to achieve these goals. And I feel like without partnerships and collaboration or co creation, these 
these simply just cannot be achieved. So what I want to do is to interview more and more people, to know them better in order to either connect with them myself or to connect them with other people so that they can achieve a goal for mm -hmm. themselves, which is definitely going to be impacting those that are around them. Well, fingers crossed in a positive way. Um, so I feel like my work is a lot about collaborating and co-creating. And so I also speak a lot about it. So that's probably mm -hmm. my favorite one, SDG 17. That's interesting because it, it makes perfect sense what you say. And it's, you know, about bringing more people into the journey. I think most people by now have heard of them in in you know in in professional circles anyway but there's a lot of people that are not really you know there are so many businesses for example that have not built them into their strategy so many schools that have not built them into their um, curriculum or their approach you know so they're 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 still quite abstract to a lot of people so it's great that you're thinking about partnerships to at least at least raise awareness right and and also that you mentioned uh, addressing inequality which to me that seems like very much at the root of almost all of it as well you know, yeah. the, the inequalities are just so, so stark, you know, um, in terms of, so the last time we talked, I mean, when you interviewed me, I didn't get a chance to ask you much about your education. I kept trying to ask you questions and, uh, <laughs> and you were asking me instead. So, so now is my turn. Um, the last time we spoke and we mentioned this just before, uh, coming on, um, I noticed that your accent has has gotten much more North American and you've said that you're actually yeah. because you're studying in a new school. So um, what what's going on with you? Where are you studying? You know, as much as you can say, um, you know, why did you study there and what is it that you're, you're getting from this actual experience just now? Amazing. Uh, yes, my accent has changed. Um, and I mean, I notice it every time that somebody tells me that it has. Because I do see past interviews and I do be like, ooh, it has changed. That is because of the environment I put myself in because I interview a lot of people and I talk to a lot of people, but I feel like more changes happen because I go to a North American school, well, an American high school, let's just say that. Um, so I go to the Socratic experience. Uh, it, is very, it is a very, very amazing school. It's founded by Michael Strong. Socratic, uh, did you say? Socratic yeah, experience. Yeah, the Socratic experience. Um, I know the first time I heard it, I'm like, ooh, this is this is interesting because like I'd never heard something like that before. Mm -hmm. So um basically how um I was connecting to all people from um the educational um side of things uh on LinkedIn, I came across a fact, a fact that everybody influential that I'm connecting with in education had a connection named Michael Strong. I connected with him. I started talking to him and I realized, Ooh, a, they have created this amazing school. He and his team, uh, the Socratic experience. I learned more and it's basically a school that's based off of Socratic dialogue and understanding many things, even physics and chemistry to history and English through this dialogue and understanding um, philosophy, politics, and economy in fun ways. And it's literally high schoolers um, and in some subjects, even middle schoolers that are sitting down and talking about uh, socialism and democracies um, and a way of future governance. I mean, it's, 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 very, it's very cool. 
So it's because of that that my actions changed. And I have been in the school since September, end of September. So I wouldn't say I've, I've had a lot of time, but I've, I've seen a shift towards how I think now. Um, and I have many people that are like me that want to talk, that talk. Um, and I do not feel any way looked down upon for, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing all the work. The And most importantly, because all of us, um, we are young high schoolers in a room that have the same language that we speak and very similar ideas or sometimes not similar ideas. And we can talk it out. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in love with my school. For the first time, I can say I love school. Like well, I do. that is music to my ears, because the last time we talked, um, you were in, a, in an environment where you found yourself gravitating towards people who were perhaps a bit older because, you know, as an as you were then 13, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure a million people have told you, a, a very untypical 13-year-old, you know, out there in the world doing all this stuff, it's very difficult sometimes to, to feel part of a, a social circle when you're standing out like that, right, and, and doing all this different stuff. And the last time we talked, you said you found yourself having older friends and having conversations with people who are older with you more and mm-hmm. but now it sounds like you've kind of found your tribe um and you're in an environment that that nurtures who you are and I would love to know more about this because you've mentioned some things that intrigue me so when I think Socratic I think about exactly what you mentioned I mean the old Socratic methods were there was no such thing as kind of subjects you know things were interlinked um mm-hmm. there wasn't a silo you know so things like you know maths and geometry and reason and logic and philosophy and all of these things were they all came together um so I wonder if that's part of the methodology in this school and also I'm, in, I'm in, uh, intrigued to know how they how they um, approach dialogue you know in terms of helping you develop your voice and your critical thinking you know so to what extent are they structuring things for you and to what extent are you allowed to or encouraged to direct your own course of uh, inquiry research and learning so uh-huh. what, what's happening in the school that's that's caused you to feel so so at home which I'm glad to hear yeah um uh, that's true yeah I do fit in always with a older group um that's always been with me but here I am connecting with other 14 year olds 15 or well we're in the same class so uh, 16 year olds as well but um I feel like uh, it's amazing that I'm able to feel part of a group um if after a very long time because since I've started working um and really really standing out I feel like yeah I haven't felt part like that with somebody uh my age so uh here we have two main classes stem that is again science technology engineering and math In, so that's one group they, they approach it as a group stem together no we uh we are divided in two groups that on different timings take two classes one is stem yeah and one is humanities So humanities, I think, to my understanding, pretty much covers our English, uh, history, um, and a big, big chunk of our Socratic practice. Um, And our STEM also covers coding um, and very, very techy stuff that I'm still, still just trying to get a hold of because it's very (laughs) new to me. So, um, yeah, these two. and then we also have uh, electives or extra classes that we can take on Wednesdays. 
like I did yesterday. And that is, we have a choice to either take music, technology, and, um, or what is it called? Sorry, PPE. So um, I was just trying to think out the full form because we were so used to calling it PPE, but it is uh, philosophy. It is politics, philosophy, and economy. Oh, are you so taking I that take one? PPE. Yeah, I'm I taking knew, that one. I knew, of course you Yeah, would. so yeah, I'm taking yeah. that one. <laughs> That's amazing. So this is, this is pretty interesting because, um, you know, me for me personally, as an educator, the schools or institutions or organizations I'm drawn to are the ones which do not silo subjects. Um, you know, they, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that you have young people, say, working on carpentry or woodwork without maths because those two coexist. You know, it's, it's like, you know, subjects in the real world, are, they don't exist like that. You put this artificial mm-hmm. divide in, in schools. And so if I understand, I mean, you've still kind of got subjects but they're grouped more um transversally so that you've got stem together so you're mm. doing your things related to science technology engineering maths and so including coding and technology and stuff together and then you've got the humanities side which seems like a really um a really great step actually away from a traditional system i'm, I'm quite intrigued by this and one, I want to pick up on something you said. You said you're in a class with people like 14, 15, 16. So are you kind of grouped by, what would you call it, maturity rather than age? No. no? So we're not grouped by age. We are grouped, uh, we're grouped as, um, well, we're pod B, but uh, it is high school. So because, see, I'm a freshman. And my friend that I mentioned earlier, T, he is a senior. Mm-hmm. So we are like literally three years apart. So freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, basically ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders are all together. Mm -hmm. So um, there is just like, okay, I'm in high school. Get it? So we do not, we're not divided on basis of, okay, so these are the freshmen and these are the sophomores and then these are seniors and juniors. Hmm. I like it. So, I mean, you must get a lot of... um do they try to kind of put you together? So there's a lot of peer teaching going on, a lot of working yeah, together. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. Like, um, I see, I do have a lot of trouble readings sometimes because um, in the material that we're reading for humanities classes, uh, it's difficult. It's like difficult material. And we were reading George Orwell's um, uh, Language and Politics earlier. I was reading that earlier today, literally mm-hmm. before this. Um and so I, I literally just texted one of my classmates. I was like, listen, you know how I am because of reading. Because I like zone out the moment I do not understand a word. And then it's, it's very difficult for me. So I'm like, yo, come on, let's help each other. Because I, I give him a crazy perspective and he gives him like a lot of a, a different perspective. He's a senior. I'm a freshman. So again, his understanding of things are a little different. Um, and we were reading together. So I feel like this, the thing is that if I don't understand anything, I could go to, uh, my older classmates that, um, are on perhaps a different level of learning, but we all are reading the same material. So that I think Uh is what, what's beautiful. And what about, how are you to use the word assessment? I mean, I don't know exactly how that works or if that's even the word you would use in there. How does that work? Honestly, um, I barely know how that works because um, 
in STEM, we've had a quiz. Um, and there is, yes, we, we discuss something, we understand something, and we even have choices um, in a lot of topics as to do you want to like go and study from a textbook, the same thing. Do you want to go watch a video or you want to uh, watch a video and then discuss or read an article and then discuss. There's always like, um, you know, choices that you have in the way that you want to learn because everyone, again, has a little different preference. Um, and then you study it for a day or two and discuss that and then you have a quiz. Um, and yeah, it is, it was an anatomy of the eye quiz. So like we did have to label parts. So there's nothing yeah. different they can do about it. Okay, right. So this is, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going to dig more into this because this is, um, I have a little, a little bias, a little kind of love for the, the classics and the classic style of, of, of education, even though it's, you know, uh, because it, there's a lot we mm -hmm. can learn from how things were done then. You know, um, and even even uh, I remember teaching um, a class with uh, public speaking skills, and I looked a lot to people like Demosthenes, who existed around the same time, and the techniques that they had for um, rhetoric and persuasion and things like that. That there's so much to draw on to bring back into modern education um, as well uh -huh. that we can learn. That kind of got forgotten a little bit. So I'm quite interested by this. What what I'd like to ask you is. Um, you're, you're already out in the world. This is not, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very aware of this when I'm talking to you about preparing for the future, uh, because, you know, when we talk about this with school and the real world, mm -hmm. it shouldn't be like that. You know, that um, it shouldn't be that you're protected from uh, the actual reality of the world in, in school. And then suddenly it's like, okay, off you go. Good luck and hope we've uh, prepared you, but probably not. Yeah. And yeah, but you're already out there. So you uh -huh. already know, you know, you're, you're going to stand on the stage and do a TEDx talk. You know, I mean, you, you're, you, you already know what all these things are, are like. So what is it you think that in your education now, what do you think you're getting from this that's helping to prepare you to become the person you want to be, to achieve mm -hmm. the things you want to achieve? And why was that missing from where you were before? Yeah. Um I feel like what's beautiful is, yes, um, I am a different perspective in class because anytime, like, even before this, I remember, like, I was not understanding what, how molecules and atoms were working. And um, in class, this is seventh grade, so I was not in the school. And I went out, I reached a person that was a PhD in molecular sciences, and I interviewed her. And I asked her seventh grade level questions. <laughs> so for her, it was pretty easy. But, you know, again, I was able to get a, like a true expert perspective. And she was able to explain to me. And I got, not only did I get an A in class, but I really understood the topic. So here, the difference is, their questions were not really welcome. Though it's always part of the class rules that are written down they're not welcome so let's just be honest about that um and we are there's always favorites in class like okay yeah. so these are the active people in class these are the people that are the backbencher people uh they are not to be even talked to like and um the very 
let's just say very um standardized way of mm. doing things we are reading from a textbook this is a subject you need to learn this there's like no there's no arguing that um here in the school that i am in now questions are actually welcomed like i ask all sorts of questions and before leaving class some one of my classmates Nathan asks a question to the teacher every day about how she's doing, how's her son doing, or how have things been. So, like, weird questions are even welcomed. Um, no favorites. So, all of us are treated equally. Sometimes we are called upon, but we are never, like, really, so to say, with the intention of embarrassing the student. Yeah, like, put on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. not like that ever. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like what's most important is that you can choose what way you want to learn um and you feel you're you're free to do your own research like we were yeah we were learning about something in science class i cannot recall what it was and i was i referred to one of my interviews and so just the thing is something that you've done in the past or if you have a different perspective on it that's always welcomed yeah and you can talk about it so there's there's definitely different things that are way better but I feel like it's preparing me in a way because my assignments can be linked to what I'm already doing like one of my interviews was actually my assignment that was turned in brilliant Mm -hmm. and that's literally preparing me for college so because I have my high school credits and requirements that I've got to fulfill so just the thing is I can choose how to do my work and how to convey my thoughts about a certain topic or how to research. So I can choose that. The other way is just one size fits all. If I don't fit in and if I'm not that sort of a learner, then I'm so sorry, but I'm probably never going to be good at school. So it's, you're able to, I mean, they're, they're giving you these kind of broad goals. Like this is kind of what we need in a general way of speaking for you to get these things, you know, to get into college and whatever, but that's, they stop there and you're then free to bring in things from your own life. Yeah. Um, that That's fantastic. So, I mean, you're able to bring in your interviews, your activism work, I guess, reflections from that. Yeah. Um, my TEDx is also my project. You know that? Yeah. So, oh, really? Well, why yeah. not? I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But how are you using it? How are you using that as a project? Is it for humanities? I would guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, you're a genius. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you haven't lost your sarcasm. Uh, so <laughs> what happened is, is that we were talking and we were like, okay, so we got to do a project about, and it has to be related to something we've already read. Mm-hmm. I was pretty new in class, so I hadn't read all of the things. But what happened is that we read something about enlightenment. And I wanted to write about that. And so we had to do two things. So we had to convey our idea about enlightenment in writing song, poem, um, video, and a couple other, a couple other options. We had to do two of them. I was like writing. Okay. And let's, cause my, I was scheduled for my Ted talk back then. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not my Ted talk? Now I wrote up on enlightenment and I realized how this would be so, so beneficial uh, with my TED talk as well, because enlightenment is really emerging from knowledge Mm -hmm. or emerging from that childhood. Now emerging from that childhood is really defined by finding your true calling and working on it. And my TED talk is all about life doesn't come with guarantees. 
find your true passion and start working on it young. So how see both of them are very, very um, beautifully connected. So I did the write up on the connection and I then also gave my TED talk. And because the recording's not released for another three weeks, we're still waiting on it. But as soon as it is, uh, my assignment will officially be turned in. Great. So that's going to come out when another week yet or three weeks. Oh, it's three weeks. When did you do it? I did it on last Saturday. So I last did it on the Saturday. 6th of November. Okay. Yeah, I saw the picture, but I wasn't sure how long ago that was. So so three weeks. Brilliant. Well, so you'll post it on LinkedIn, I take it. Yeah, I did. Great. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, there is something now it's it's pretty clear to see all these connections. And by the way, I'm I'm so happy to see you thriving because you know, I was mm-hmm. obviously I had the feeling last time we talked, it's like, you know that you were being underserved by your environment a little bit you know yeah back it, then I was looking for something like this so I was yeah. on a, I was on a hunt the last time yeah. I talked to you yeah and I'm I, you know I, and I, when I look back on it now I, I should have known that nothing is going to hold you back for long of course you're going to yeah. change your environment right um but there's something you mentioned that I'd like to come back to that we've not covered you mentioned that you were an entrepreneur mm-hmm. I've not heard you using that word about yourself before so what's going on there I have been using that word since 2019. It's since been a 2019? long, long time. Uh-huh. So yeah, I said an aspiring entrepreneur because I have been working on some things in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I do have a project that I'm working on, which I'm not only working on for myself, but it's also my personal project. And I have a mentor for that. That's my school mentor. Mm-hmm. And he is Michael Strong. So I'm working on it. And you will get to see that pretty soon, probably. Right. Okay. So, and is this have, I mean, obviously you're, you don't want to give away details right now, but does it have a, a real world sort of application? So this is not like a, a project based, within the school. It's out there. Yeah. It's no, it's out there. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I started it before. I also decided to take it on as a school project. So I'm doing something with all the mentorship that I'm getting. It's basically making use of the mentorship and the advice that you're getting. Um, and yeah, it's based on the SDGs. It's very, very closely related. Great. Okay. That's good. I'll look forward to finding out more about that. Um, in terms of what's next for you, I mean, you know, there's obviously you're, you're exploring a lot of stuff. There is a common yeah. theme. You know, you're, you obviously want to make a difference. You obviously want to make every day count. You obviously want to um, make the world a better place than when you arrived. That's clear. Um, but in terms of how you get there, I mean, what, what's next on the list? Which avenues have you yet to explore? Which things would you like to develop? What's your, what's your plan? Well, there's many things that I think, you know, like I'm thinking of, like, you know, in terms of academic stuff and also like professionally. But honestly, one thing that's on my mind and I really want to get done with it in the near future is um, organizing my own TEDx Mm because I also got advice from my mentor on this. And I personally think as well, after I I attended the TED Talk, I honestly realized that I would be able to organize one. With my connections, I would get speakers pretty easily. Yeah. And with my other connections, I'd be getting sponsors pretty easily. And with my 
awesome resume, I'd be able to get a TEDx license, hopefully. Um, so I want to organize a TEDx talk of my own. I don't have the topic yet, but that's not going to take too long. Okay, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that either. I mean, it's exactly as you say, you've got all the ingredients. Um, you mentioned earlier on about finding your passion. Now, that's something that um, in education, it's, it's often missing, right? You know, because you've yeah. got, as you said, this standardized model that doesn't allow people to, it's like, you know, we, we start off learning through play, you know, as, as very young, young, young kids, which is great. We're experimenting, we're learning about ourselves, And then it's like, oh, you got to stop. You can't do that anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. Now you're, now you're, you know, older and you're growing up, you've got to do things a serious way. And, and we just lose all of that experimentation yes. and creativity and freedom and all of that. So it's quite difficult in the standard system to find your passion. What I'm interested in is it seems like you are, you've already found it, or at least you're well on the way um, to understanding it. With all those different things you're doing, how would you explain, how would you describe what your passion is to somebody? And for people out there that might not be in a, you know, a Socratic experience uh, environment, um, what advice would you give on helping them find out who they are in spite of um, the, the education context they might be in? Honestly, uh, I found my, again, I was in this school for a month. Uh, it has changed me. Yes. Okay. Probably. But I found my passion at 10. So let's just be honest. That was with other schools. And I keep, I used to, I kept changing schools for a very long time because I kept on moving for a very long time. <laughs> so I honestly um, would describe my passion as I always say. To empowering those around me and empowering people careless of their race, their religion, the caste, or the creed. And when I say empowering is to help them find their passions mm -hmm. that leads mm -hmm. to other empowerment. So it's pretty much like a chain that goes on, like food chains, but not food chains. So, um, and what I'd like to say to other children, um, and this is a little bit of my TED Talk script right here. It is... See, I feel like in order to find your true potential, you, you need two things. You need exploration and you need exposure. Exploration is pretty self-explanatory here, okay? And exposure is exposure to different professions, exposure to different cultures, and most importantly, exposure to different real-life situations. These situations that encourage or at times even require you to use different life skills. Skills like empathy, critical thinking, problem solving, and decision making. And that, my friend, is how you will be able to find your true potential. And that's how I found it. And that's how many people found it, find it. Because these things is what leads to um, your, you finding your true self. And, and that's beneficial for all of us. Truly, that is. Well, that is a, a lovely note to, to finish on there. It's inspirational stuff. And I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear that you found yours. And of course, I think it, um, it's something that it refines itself, no, as we go through. I mean, people, I think, sometimes think that it's like one thing, like 
I'm going to be this or I'm going to do that. But there are certain callings that, I mean, I'm sure your, your passion will take many forms um, mm-hmm. through its life. It's the same core thing, you know, empowering others, but it's going to manifest itself in different ways, you know, activism and speaking and perhaps working with the UN later, oh, perhaps yes. not. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that develops, but, um, but at least there's hope that, you know, these things we can control, right? I mean, uh, even if we're, um, even if we're in a school that doesn't support this, we can get out there, right? We have the internet. We can talk to people. We can listen to people. We can find stuff out. Um, Maybe difficult to experience certain things without a bit of support, but at least there's a pathway, right? That's true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Raheen. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure to see you again, to talk to you, and just to find out. I'm going to dig into your school as well, and I'm super curious now. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Mark. It's always amazing meeting you, though this is literally the second time we're meeting. But let's keep this going. Yes, absolutely. And I need to, yeah, I think the more we talk, my hope is that you'll develop a Scottish accent because it really opens doors in the world, you know? <laughs> it, it really does, and I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> let's work on that then. Okay. Thanks yeah. a lot, Raheen. Take care thank of yourself. Thank you so much.